It's the Everything 80s Podcast with Franco in the morning. Ladies and gentlemen, rock and roll. Big Paul Castellano's life last night may very well have been a payoff for getting into such trouble with the feds. I would destroy any man who tries to take what I got. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Everything 80s Podcast. I am Franco, your morning DJ. My co-host is back again for another round, Sean Morton. Uh, You're a musicologist, aren't you? I am a musicologist. You think so, right? Hundred <laughs> percent. All right. Well, see, I never say that I am. I study a lot of the stuff that I. I don't know the stuff. You you learn it as you go along. Uh, but we had a true musicologist who worked here, Danny, uh, who was just unbelievable uh, when it came to anything. Uh, it, it didn't matter what the decade was. It's just he's unreal. I miss him. I do. Um, but yeah, you are a musicologist, music lover, and a comedian, and we welcome you back to the Everything 80s Podcast. Again, I'm Franco, your morning DJ. It's powered by Prime 82 Restaurant, uh, so be sure to visit them. Uh, if you're not local, when you're in the area visiting Mystic Village or any of the attractions here in southeastern Connecticut, which is where we record, it's where my radio station is, 100.9 K Hits FM, uh, please visit Prime 82. They make this possible. Uh, all right, so a little bit about the station. We're an 80s and 90s radio station. If you're just finding us for the first time, uh, primarily 80s, uh, you can find us at BigHitsBigFun.com and listen online. Love you to do that. Also, you can say, Alexa, play 100.9K Hits FM and you will have us. You can follow me on TikTok at Franco in the Morning for the music, uh, the history music. I want to thank all of the people from my community who listen to the podcast and all the new people who are here because of Sean. Uh, be sure to follow us on the socials and, you know, uh, be sure to uh, send me something if you'd like, Franco uh, in the morning at gmail.com if there's a topic you'd like to, us to hit. So uh, last week, Sean, when, by the way, how are you, first of all? I'm fantastic. I'm talking to you. <laughs> yeah, uh, that ought to do it. But when we wrapped up last week, for some <laughs> reason, we got on 1985 at the end. And I'm like, you know, right. I think I said that 1985 for the decade of the 80s, 1985 was the best decade. What uh, was the best year in that decade for movies? And you were like, mm, maybe let me think about it. Uh, so let's talk about the movies. You're an 80s kid. How old are you in 85? Nine. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on what time of the year we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just told you something that um, when you before we came on, when I look at the box office numbers, most of the uh, movies in the top ten weren't the iconic movies we think of. You know, a few of them obviously were, uh, but weren't the iconic movies we think of when we think of 1985. Uh, right. Number one at the box office, obviously, Back to the Future, one of the iconic movies in 1985 for sure. Um and it's funny because you go to the movies a lot too. Is 190 million uh, good at the box office? I guess for 85 it was, but that wouldn't be considered for, big now, right? I, I still think it's like a flop at this point yeah. for 190 million. Like, yeah. look at the Black Adam movie with The Rock. Like, it cost like 289 million dollars or right. something, and they made like 290. <laughs> you know, it was, it was a complete failure. Right. Okay. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop uh, was at number two. Another iconic movie. Uh, from the, I was just watching clips of. Uh, you're going to love this because you you re- you reference it uh, in in your comedy uh, when you're talking about Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, mm-hmm. Trade in places. I was just watching clips of it on YouTube. It's a classic. It's <laughs> One a classic. And dollar. Just, and they just shot Beverly Hills Cop Four. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, I don't know that I'm excited about that, but I, what I like most <laughs> about I was going to talk about how when she takes her shirt off, sitting in front of the mirror. 
Oh yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh yeah. Whoa. All right. The ins- the inspiration for the joke. We di- yes, we digress. Uh, at number three, well, look at this. Uh, Rambo: First Blood. I don't consider that to be an iconic movie of '85. When I think of '85, I've never seen any of the Rambo movies. Either. Oh, all right. Uh, here comes one I think you're gonna like. Rocky Four. <sighs> Yes, I'm sitting in my office right now, yep. uh, my podcast studio, staring at my Rocky Four vigil that I have here. You love this movie. It's the greatest Rocky of, of the series by far. You really? It destroys. Oh, my God. It's amazing. It's, it's, the, it's the best movie. And one thing I have to express, though, I, I despise and loathe and wish nothing but horrible things to Talia Shire. Really? Because I think she's a horrible person <laughs> for the way she treated Rocky in this movie. It's a character. It's a character. It doesn't matter. I'm 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 very fickle. Yeah, you, you sound like me when I'm because uh, I, I I started doing rewatches of The Office and Kimberly, you know my wife Kim, she hates The Office. And I'll be like, I can't what? believe I go like yes, yeah, she does. I can't believe how bad Michael is. And she goes, it's a show. <laughs> <laughs> But, wow, my uh, friendship with her just dropped down like yeah, a Yeah, she really disp- here's a you know, I'm gonna digress here for a minute, but the office, you know, first of all, first and foremost, and I know you don't like Jerry Seinfeld as a stand up. I think you said that right. I love yeah. Seinfeld. That is my favorite show, uh, you know, without a doubt. I mean, the most quotable. Uh I think Larry David is brilliant, probably the most brilliant comedian of our time, I think. Um Oh, hundred percent. Curb your enthusiasm. Uh so the office, when that first came on. Uh, I was married to Colin's mother, and she had a son, Matthew, my stepson. And he was about, you know, I don't, I remember exactly what year it was, but The Office had just come out, and I'd walk by his room, and I'd go, that is the most terrible thing I've ever seen. How could you watch that, right? That's when it first came out. What was that 2006? I don't know when it first came Something out. Something like that. But anyway, so now fast forward all these years. Now Colin uh, is 22 now. My son Colin, uh, who hangs out with his brother Matt, is now 18. A couple of years ago, he's like, Dad, you ever watch The Office? Because he comes over to my apartment, and I was watching Seinfeld, Seinfeld, Seinfeld all the time. And I'm like, yeah, I tried watching that. It's terrible. He's no, you really got to try. And I watched it, and I locked on, and it's brilliant. And you, I was the same way. You can't tell anybody. You got to give it a minute, you know, to really understand what this is. It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I was late. I was like a year and a half, a year and a half ago. I was 18 years late. (laughs) Yeah, I only watched it a year and a half ago, and and (laughs) progressively would go down the wormhole of watching it every single night for hours and hours on end. I will debate my Seinfeld freaks that it is more rewatchable than Seinfeld. Thousand percent. I think it is. I think it is. And uh, you know, just from the very first episode when he's like, "Yeah, we're gonna fake fire her." I'm like, "What?" And <laughs> <laughs> he is so good at that. But anyway, I digress. Uh, okay, so Rocky Four, without a doubt, your favorite Rocky. See, I, I, I can't. You know, I'm, I'm so much older than you. Obviously, I, you, for me, you can't beat the classics. I love the original Rocky, the original story coming up from nowhere, you know. Yeah, but I was nine years old, and all I hear on the news is Russia, 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 Gorbachev. This is horrible. This is horrible. And I see the American hero going up against the Russian machine. Like mm-hmm. that was that yeah. was it for me. Yeah, I can hear it coming out of you. I can, your eyes are lighting up right now. They are. They're going to see up. you. <laughs> You're all excited about the Rocky Four. Okay. Uh, when you said I despise, I despise. I thought you were going to say uh, who who was he married to then? That woman who played uh, Drago's wife. No, yeah, Bridget Nielsen. Yeah. I didn't mean, like her. She upgraded to uh, Flavor Flav after <laughs> Flavor Flav. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. So you got to give Ty. You know. You know. You know. Adrian. She died too, right? And she. I hate to tell you that. And she died. Not in four. No, not in four. In five. And that's why five is my second favorite. Yeah. When he's talking, he goes to the grave and talks to her. See, I remember her from Godfather. And I hated her in that movie too. 
It's a hatred. I have a hatred for her and for Nicolas Cage. Yeah. But that's another episode. <laughs> All right. Okay, so uh, Cocoon. I almost said Cancun. Cocoon is number five. A cute movie, I guess. Uh, yeah. Witness, that was Harrison Ford, right? Number six. Uh, yeah, Sigourney Weaver, I think, too. Yep. And right. how about these kids that are trying to save their house from foreclosing? The Goonies. I was never a huge fan growing up. Number but like, seven. I watched it later on. I yeah. watched it later on as a teenager and adult, yeah. and, you know, it's cute. All right. Uh, number eight, 1985. You're going to love this one. Police Academy 2, their first assignment. Yes. Yes. I love it. And you look at the I numbers. Of this. 55 million. Now, here's one of my favorite movies I quote often Fletch mm. at number nine. Love Fletch. Yeah. This me and you are a lot alike, but uh, me and you are also very different. Yeah. I, do, you lo- I love Fletch. I hate Chevy Chase. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I don't like Chevy Chase either. It's funny. I, I brought him up to Kimberly. I was talking to her, you know, my wife. Uh, the other day, and I, I had been watching clips of Adam Sandler getting his Mark Twain prize. Have you seen all the clips? I, it was that, I don't know if it happened recently or not, but it's all over TikTok. It's all over YouTube. So it must have happened recently at the Mark Twain prize. And yeah, uh, He deserves it. Absolutely. And they just talked about he's just a nice guy. I mean, he, he, he gives all of his friends work and his family, and everybody loves him. He's like the most loved person in Hollywood. And that's when I said, and Chevy Chase is the most hated Oh, yeah, 100%. W- w- without a doubt. But boy, oh, boy, watching the little tributes to Adam Sandler, and I get it, you know, um, you know, his character's, you know, pretty much all the same in most of his movies and or whatever, but I th- I think his movies are fun. I love Billy Madison, uh, Happy Gilmore. I mean, you know, I'm a big fan. And he's so genuine. Like, when he was talking about his wife after he got the prize, it was almost like, it, it just sounds like he sounds in the movies. He's really not playing a character. It's him. He's genuinely a nice person. So I love it, the fact that I can turn on one of his movies and see three or four of my friends in every single movie. Really? Like, you know, who's been in his yeah. movies out of your friends? Uh, Richie Mendervini was in Grown Ups, uh, Grown Ups 2. Uh, you know, just he, he's taken on so many people, even mm-hmm. like smaller comics, which I think is really cool too. You know, but uh, I I love that when you give back as a comedian and and take care of your friends on the same right. level. Well, it's, uh, it's very very important. Pete Davidson, you worked with quite a bit, right? Well, we started together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How are you doing these days? You're doing podcasts with me. What's he doing? <laughs> yeah, he's on his ninth celebrity. Yeah, I'm, de- I'm dealing with you on a Friday morning. I remember you said to me uh, when we start when he when he first came up uh, months ago. We were talking about him, and you said, "Yeah, I was doing stand up with him. Now he's banging a Kardashian." Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah and I'm driving three and a half hours to work with you. Yeah, uh, and A View yeah. to a Kill was at number ten, not a, a mm. big iconic movie. But now let's move on to the, the like when I think of '85, when I said '85 was a, a, the greatest year in the 1980s for movies. If you had The Breakfast Club, I thought that was '86. Oh no, was it? Am I getting my years wrong? It might be. I'll double, uh, I'll have to double check that. You double check that because I thought it was '85. Okay. Um, but there was just so many. Uh, Iconic movies from the 80s that, um, I don't have the notes in front of me. I'm pretty sure Breakfast Club was 85. It was 85, yeah. Yeah, you're looking it up? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I just saw something recent about that. That scene where they're uh, they're smoking the joint and they're all talking, you know, just like spilling their guts. That was all improv. There was no script for that. John Hughes just rolled cameras and said, go. How cool is that? I love that. It, know, like, it only made $51 million at the and, box office. And he was like, chicks can't hold their smoke. <laughs> That's <laughs> kind of true. Uh, so when I think of '85, you know, uh, obviously "Back to the Future" was the uh, number one song. All right, let's talk about the most iconic concert in the history of rock. What am I talking mm-hmm. about? Queen. Live Aid. Queen. Unbelievable. Great, greatest, perf- one of the greatest performances ever. I mean, 
on film, I would have to say it's a top top three musical performance that's ever been caught on on tape. It was just unbelievable for me. The last waltz is in there. Uh, the band, their 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 yeah, document. Yeah, I, I just saw that for the first time. Right, you're so young, like, right? <laughs> well, I just saw it like five months ago. It was brilliant. Isn't absolutely that a, brilliant. It's absolutely yeah. brilliant? That's how they ended. They ended their, you know, they were over. They had the. Did you ever watch the documentary on them? It's on Netflix. No. It's called uh, We. No, I think it's on Hulu. Uh, Once we were brothers is the documentary. Uh, if you want to learn a little bit about the band and and what happened with them and and Robbie Robinson and 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 everybody. It, you know, most people who are uh, who are fans of the band always, you know, side with the rest of the members. Robbie Robinson just kind of took all the publishing, but the, we don't know what went on behind the scenes. Uh, maybe he he bought it from them. We don't know, but uh, we do. Everybody does love Levon Helm on my community at TikTok. Levon Helm and Carol King are the most beloved artists on my in my community. Well deserved too. Yeah, and Levon Helm just uh, unbelievable. All right, um, so I wanted to talk about some of the things that happened in '85. Again, you were nine years old. Uh, but New Coke came out in 1985, and it was a disaster. <laughs> you don't screw around with the classics. No, you don't mess with the classics. It was called Project Kansas. Secretly tested, they tested a new form of Coca-Cola, and they named it New Coke. And I remember when they had to do the campaign, they had old people sitting on porches, you know, like in, like in the Midwest or whatever, in rocking chairs going, why don't you go and change my Coke? <laughs> and then they did this, <laughs> this whole campaign to get it back. Um the U.S. Supreme Court in 1985, uh, Long Island, is legally not an island. It's It shouldn't even be part of America. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. Why do horrible I, place. I, why do I keep thinking that's where you live? No, because it's, it's like 35 miles from my house, and it takes me seven hours to get there. <laughs> I hate that place. Oh, man. Um you were a, you were nine years old, so is there anything that, well, other than Rocky, I could see why that was such an impression on you, Rocky Four, with the Cold War and and right. Russia. The, but any other movies stand out as, as in your childhood from that year that you could think of? Yeah, but you got to remember, I'm catching these movies later on in life, you know. So I'm not really going to a movie at nine years old, but no, like okay. I, can, I can look back and see what how they how important they were. Like the, I forgot about the Breakfast Club. Mm -hmm. That is a pivotal movie in any teenager's life. If you put a, put a teenager now, you know, 15, 16 years old, it still stands the, the test things. of time. They're going through the same things. Only their so, problem is their iPhone doesn't work, or <laughs> right, yeah, you know, Wi Fi is not fast enough. <laughs> Dad took away my TikTok. Yeah. It's like Louis C.K. Louis C.K. used to do that bit where it's like, you know, they'll send a text like, oh, my God. And he's like, it's yeah. going out of space. Give it a minute. <laughs> it's true. Very true. Oh, man. I'm just kind of bouncing around on some uh, stuff from 1985. The color purple uh, was was big. That wasn't in the in the top ten, but that was a big movie from 1985. Um, Another one that just remade, too. Right, right, right. Uh, baby names: Jessica, Ashley, uh, Jennifer, Amanda, Sarah, and Michelle were the big baby names for ladies, for the girls. Hmm. Um, oh, here's something that. Uh, well, again, you were too young for this, but the the fashion icons back then: Kim Basinger, Joan Collins was a, fa a fashion icon in 1985. She was she was a little piece of tail back in '85. You, you think? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of oh, course. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Kathy Ireland was on that list. Um, Morgan Fairchild. 
I remember her. Yeah. The Hollywood dudes were Harrison Ford, Mick Jagger, John Travolta, and Robert Redford. I just saw a piece, uh, an interview with Robert Redford, man, and he and Paul Newman had, like, continuous gags going back and forth um, that were pretty elaborate. Like, uh, it, oh, it bothered Robert Redford that Paul Newman always talked about being a race car driver. So he bought the worst, like, Porsche he could find. I mean, it was just, like, no tires, no engine. I mean, just a piece of crap. And he had it delivered to Paul Newman in his house. So Paul, All right. So he comes home a couple months later, Redford says, and there's a giant package on his porch, and it's just a giant, like, melted-down block of metal. So... (laughs) So he melted it and sent it back to him. Oh, that's great. No, so then Redford made like some sort of a lawn ornament out of it and he sent it back to him. And they've never talked about it. Like they'll go, hey, you know, how was your day yesterday? You know, the day after you got, you know, no, 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 I had a good day and I had a little bit of a, you know, headache, but other than that, it was a good day. So they never even acknowledged that the other one did it. And then Redford had ended with, like, some someday someone's going to be wearing it as a ring because it just keeps going back and forth. But I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a quick one that uh, it's kind of the same vein. I have a friend who has probably eight to 9,000 CDs, and he's obsessed with his music like I am and you are. Wow. But his CD collection is ridiculous in fact that it is in alphabetical order and then in chronological order mm-hmm. as well. Freak. So every time I go to his house without him knowing, up. he'll never hear this, so I don't care. Um, I take one and I move it every time. <laughs> but, but like they're all the same. But like if you're looking at Aerosmith, uh, Pump comes way before like uh, Gems. <laughs> you know, so like I just screw, I screw around with that all the time. I'm up to like H because I haven't been to his house in a long time. Yeah, you have to get invited back over. Yeah, yeah. So like when he goes to the bathroom, I'm going to like run downstairs and like bang out through like L the next time I go there. I have uh, I have a friend of mine um, and his best friend passed away. Sadly, and that's why uh, I was chosen as his best man, because if Justin were still alive, Larry wouldn't have picked me, and I gave him a hard time about that. Uh, And also Justin's brother. I'm like, you know, if your brother didn't die, it wouldn't cost me a fortune to be this guy's best man. (laughs) But they were, we have that kind of relationship. But uh, they were really good friends, and Justin went on vacation once, and Larry put his house up for sale. So... (laughs) So Justin and his wife are on vacation, and he's getting phone calls from people who want to set up, you know, uh, a tour of the house. And he's like, what? That's brilliant. Yeah, so I can't remember what Justin did back to him, but those two, Larry is not the kind of guy. Somebody told me I should prank Larry on something. There's no way. Larry's the kind of guy who, and and you've met Larry, Don, um, I'm pretty sure. He used to do comedy, and, and, you know, I got him into it, and then I kind of recommended that he stop. But, um he uh, is the kind of guy that will make it his life's work if he is, you know, if you mess with him. I mean, that's just what he does. That's hilarious. Ongoing gags are the greatest thing that you oh, can man. do, that, as long as nobody gets hurt. You know who has that going on? Is it uh, Jimmy Kimball and the actor? What's his act? What's actor? Matt Damon. Matt Damon. They have that going yep. on. Where we should they? start one. We're, we're going to start one with you. The next uh, time I see you, I'm going to start this. I don't have time for this. You do. You do. Oh, yeah. Pry yourself away from TikTok for six hours, and then I'll... uh... (laughs) All right. On to the uh, top 10 uh, songs of uh, 1985. I think you're going to love them all. They're all hits. There's one in here in particular that I know you're going to love, and I know exactly what you're going to say when I say it. Um... And number 10, Take On Me by Aha. Uh-huh. We thought that was like the coolest video. It was so primitive, but it's still cool, you know? 
It's still a great video. It was it yep. was definitely a game changer when it came out. Yep. Madonna's Crazy for You was at number nine for the year. Good Madonna. song. Very now, good song. What's funny, I just noticed this is uh while Madonna was about to start taking over the world, um, which was nineteen eighty five, eighty six, is when Lady Gaga was born. Lady Gaga just had a birthday, she just turned thirty six, so I thought of that when I saw this. Um Lady Gaga is currently filming Joker 2 right. with Joaquin Phoenix literally across the street from my best friend's house. Why aren't you there? Because uh, I'm not a stalker. Oh, I thought you were. <laughs> let, let her do her work. All right. <laughs> All right, here you go. Um, number eight, Dire Straits, Money for Nothing. Yes, amazing right. video too. And then when I found out that this man plays an amazing guitar without a pick, it yep. blew my mind. Right, right, right. And wasn't that the first CD you bought? It was. The, I think I remember you telling me that was the first CD you bought. No, Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, with somebody else then. Um, at number seven, I don't know that a band talked to 80s kids better than this band, and that was Tears for Fears, Everybody Wants to Rule the World at number seven. Grossly, grossly underrated band. Exactly. All right, um, at number six, I have, uh, or not I have, but the number six song was Hall Notes, Out of Touch. I know how you feel about Hall Notes. You love them. Love him. I'm actually going to be doing a show at Daryl's house, the place where he records all those uh, uh-huh. beautiful videos, too. So, yeah, great, nice. great band. I love the fact that they're still around. And I love Daryl Hall's bluesier stuff, too. But now, how do you feel about the stories that they don't even talk to each other? I don't have a problem with that. I think if you have a great working relationship, you don't have to be best friends. No, you don't. But, I mean, not even a hello, goodbye. They do, They you know, it's like the Eagles used to show up in separate limousines. I don't have a problem with that at all. Yeah, okay. Uh, Shaka Khan, I feel for you at number five. A little dancey for me, but yep. you know. uh, Foreigner, I want to know what love is. Was number four song of the year. Um, mm-hmm. Wake me up before you go go was number three. This is interesting because Madonna has the number two song, Like a Virgin, and uh, Wham is back in there at number one, Careless Whisper. So that was the top ten songs right. of 1985. <laughs> um, Solid list. Yeah, it is solid. It's solid list of hits. I mean, that's what I like about working at this radio station. I'm playing the songs I played when I was coming up in radio. Right. Um, I'm sure you had Nintendo or begged for it. Am I right? I'm looking right at it. <laughs> <laughs> that was 1985. Yeah, I lived on it. Do you still play it? Old, it? Oh, yeah. When you get older, you look back to simplicity. Right. Like, now you can go and on your phone. You could play these all amazing 4D games where, like, things are popping up in your face. Back in that day, it was a, a, a little yellow fat dude mm-hmm. that ate little dots and ghosts. Right. And it made you happy. Yeah. And I have a, sta- I have a stand-up one now. A stand-up Miss Pac-Man machine. Just because yeah. I want simplicity. I don't ever play anything new. I go back and play, like, uh, Snake. Remember Snake on your phone? Yeah. 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 My friends argue with me. Oh, I can't believe you have an iPhone. Oh, my God. It's horrible. It's it's taking over the world. I go, stop complaining. 20 years ago, you had a Motorola and you played Snake and you loved it. Yeah, exactly. Stop right? it. But see, for me, it's like my uh, my daughter Stephanie is VR all day. We When we were on the cruise, I think I mentioned it last week or it might have been a different podcast I mentioned it. We went into the VR room and she owned me, destroyed me in every single game. <laughs> And I'm like, let's, that generation, I'm like let's go play some Space Invaders. That's my jam. Let's go find Space Invaders. <laughs> right, exactly. And she's like, how That's old what, are you? You know, <laughs> They have these great places down here now. I don't know if they have them up by you. Uh, like the it's retro? Called bar, it's called Barcade. So it's basically a bar that's wide open. You drink your face off all night, but they have all stand-up, old-school 80s video games. 
So like you're going around, you know, with a beer and playing NBA Jam 92 or you're playing, you know, Millipede or Galaga and they charge you by the hour. So you don't have to worry about putting quarters in. You pay like 25 bucks an hour and you play whatever That's you cool. want. That's cool. Yeah, that also it's think, amazing. Yeah, I, I can see one of those being that maybe one of the casinos here. But as, as a standalone business, there's not enough population. Trust me. Trust, it, sure. trust me. I was. I don't know that you know I had a huge laser tag center in this town. Did you know mm-hmm. that? I, 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 oh, I've heard. Yeah, I've talked about it. Um <laughs> <laughs> and we don't talk about it. My well, my, my former wife Colin's mom uh, has PTSD whenever I talk to her and bring that up. Uh, that was that was the beginning of the end for us. Me putting a million bucks into a business, but that's for another podcast. That it's I'll like do. Niagara Falls, yeah. right? Niagara. <laughs> Slowly I turn. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, but anyway, uh, and um, so being being nine in 1985, really the only thing that really pops out at you is is Rocky Four. That's like your biggest thing that pops out at you. Yeah, I mean, I remember going to the movies and seeing that and just coming out like smiling and like ready to like punch walls and just being this overly like just excited about that movie. I don't know what it was. And when you look back at it, it's a really bad movie. Oh, it is. Like it's not, it's not a great movie at all, but it's the best one in the series yeah. by far. See, me. the movie that sticks in my head, uh, because my parents were parents of the year, I saw Godfather when I was 11. That's why I'm afraid of horses. I think. <laughs> what? Yeah. I only saw the Godfather in full like five years ago. Only one time? Well, straight through. I mean, I've seen bits and pieces, but I actually sat my ass down and looked at it from beginning to end for the first time maybe five years ago. Wow. You know, because that was really set the pace for the, you know, for the mafia movies. And this is good because we're, we're going to go into... Uh, to our last segment here on 1985 with my, uh, my I'm going to do a true crime segment in a second. And this is actually kind of an, a, an unintentional setup for it. But that was the movie, you know, that really, you know, set the bar um, for mafia movies. And there was so much real mob involvement in that movie. Luca Brodsky was an actual real mobster. Uh, Joe Colombo approved the script. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes on with that. And I think you would like it. You probably haven't even gotten into two yet, right? I've seen two. I've watched. I've watched all three. At this oh, okay. Point. All right, you have. So I mean, there's. I've been watching Godfather two for years, and I'm still learning stuff about it. The intricacies of what was going on with that, you know, and you know who the Hyman Roth character was supposed to be modeled after, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so I saw that, you know, <laughs> when I was like eleven. So um, Apollonia was my first uh, woman that I saw without a shirt on. So I like that. I remember that. <laughs> my first boob. You know, Going back I, to the movies the movies of 85, yeah. I just looked it up real quick, and one of my all-time favorites is in there. It wasn't mentioned. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> I think it's, big, such a, it's Big Adventure when he went to the movies. Uh, it's, well, it wasn't that long either. <laughs> yeah, that's but a, that's what they such, told him, yeah. Yeah, it's such a great movie. It's so It was so different for its time, too, because people didn't realize he was a stand-up. Before he went into all this, and that yeah. was his act right. as him being Pee Wee Herman. That character, and that, yeah. just, and that was a that was something that was really given off as it's for kids, but it's really for adults. Right, 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 right. Uh, yeah, I th- I just found those movies annoying. Did you see my bike? <laughs> all right, I want to wrap up with. Don't ever uh, do that again. <laughs> I want to wrap up with uh, 1985 in New York City. I think you know where I'm going here, in front of Sparks Steakhouse in Midtown Manhattan. Uh, Paul Casagolano was the boss. Uh, 
uh, of the uh, the crime family uh, and uh, the Gambino crime family, and he was whacked. Of course, you know this, right? Yes, I know this. Yeah, but he wasn't just whacked. They did it what's called cowboy style. Uh, 5.30, New York City, during Christmas shopping, you know, for all the world to see. It was pretty big time. You're a dear friend of mine. I want you to understand this. Yeah. And I'm not saying that. Um, you're not in the mafia. <laughs> Stop it. I'm just talking. Stop. With no, what? I'm Stop doing, it. What am I doing? I'm talking about the, the, the whack. You know, I really think that you... You have you're putting it out into the universe because you think somebody in a crime family is going to say, "Wow, no, this guy I really likes it." No, 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 no. <laughs> Total opposite of that. Uh, <laughs> oh, why? <laughs> why? Because I said that they did it cowboy style. That's a mafia. Term. Yes. All right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Seventy um, year old Cascolano uh, was the boss of the Gambino family. Um, and uh, John Gotti wasn't having it. There was like a lot of diff- it was really get you know uh, kill or be killed kind of situation. And Different there was time. Th- yeah, there was a lot of things going on with this uh, this whole story. For instance, you know, um, there were some uh, tapes that that were out uh, where Gotti was talking you know smack uh, about the boss, and he didn't want the boss to find out about that. And they were making fun of the fact that he had a penile implant, and. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just goes to show at 46 and in your 60s as long as you make a penile joke you're still gonna laugh about it <laughs> i mean who would even let anybody know never mind if you were a mob boss i mean it, it, it boggled my mind how anybody knew that he had that surgery oh god i have high blood pressure i just told people like four days ago <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> and that's nothing <laughs> That actually helps you. Uh, but yeah. anyway, uh, Sean, thanks a lot. Be, uh, be sure to uh, download our podcast. That's going to wrap us up for today. Always fun to have you on, Sean. It's powered by Prime 82 Restaurant. And be sure to check us out at 100.9K Hits FM if you're in the area or BigHitsBigFun.com. Follow me on TikTok for the history music at Franco in the morning. Thanks again, Sean. We're out.